minus three, two, one. PWC, we are go for launch. This is Launch Hour, the story of PWC's marketing journey, powered by Salesforce, with your hosts, Joel and Mike. All right, everyone, welcome back to episode four of Launch Hour. I'm Joel Caruso. And I'm Mike Wisniewski. Mike, we're back again. This is exciting. It's a little cold in my basement where I'm recording, but hopefully it doesn't come through in my voice. I'm shivering a little bit. How are you? I'm good, yeah, and I just listened to episode two, which we had recorded a bit ago, and I talked about the Blackhawks not being good. Turns out the Blackhawks are okay after all, so happy about that, and uh, yeah, ready to record. Pumped to get through episode four here. Awesome. So I I have a bit of news I'm excited to share, and I think it's pretty um, good timing, or or at least relates well to our topic of discussion. I got uh, the Salesforce admin podcast, oh my gosh, I got the Salesforce admin certification this weekend, and I am so happy. It, It was a tough exam, and I wasn't really sure how tough it was going to be, so I'm happy I was able to do it in the first try. Yeah, congrats on that. Thanks. Maybe talk our listeners a little bit through the experience. I think a lot of people think it's more difficult to actually go through the process online, but it's actually pretty straightforward, right? Yeah, I, I mean, it's obviously, I think right now is one of the easiest times to do it because I think normally you have to buy a webcam and do the whole setup, but just because of COVID and, and what's been going on, you're able to just use the one built into your laptop. And yeah, it was an interesting process. I mean, the study process was long, but I also did a boot camp last week. I was lucky that PwC offered to have me take the, I forget what it's exactly called, but it's for new administrators. And I mean, the exam was a multiple choice questions and you had to really read exactly what the question was asking for. And I think if anyone's writing any of the exams, that's probably, I'm guessing with others, it's very similar where you have to read exactly what they're asking because there could be one or two keywords that really throw off your answer if you don't, if you glaze over them. Yeah, for sure. And can give our listeners, I know I've talked to you, Joel, about kind of a path, you know, and it's kind of unique for someone who's interested in learning about both the core platform, you know, sales, service, and community cloud, as well as marketing cloud. It's a good path to go down because having professionals, whether they they be consultants or architects or whatnot that know both the core platform as well as marketing cloud is somewhat rare. So it's a good way to distinguish yourself as a professional. What I recommended to Joel and what I would recommend to anyone now that he's got that admin on the core side, which is definitely the first cert to get, I'd recommend hitting the platform app builder and the sales cloud consultant and the service cloud consultant certifications next. I think those four give you a really good core. And I'd recommend as you're looking to get those four cheap plug here, although I have no vested interest in plugging them. Focusonforce.com has really good study guides that I can recommend for studying for these tests. And of course, Joel, I think you use Trailhead a little bit. That's a great platform to study for the certs as well. And then on the marketing cloud side, obviously there's, for those of you familiar, there's the email specialist that's been around for a while, as well as the marketing cloud consultant. They retired last year, the social studio specialist exam. However, there's two new exams as of last year year, the marketing cloud admin, which my understanding is, I haven't taken it yet, I need to do that soon, but my understanding is it's pretty straightforward if you've been using marketing cloud for a while, and it's worth noting it's now a predecessor for being able to take the consultant exam, so keep that in mind. And then there's also a marketing cloud development exam that focuses on AMP scripts, SQL, and some of the other uh, more technical competencies, a little bit of server-side JavaScript, I think, in there. So would recommend pursuing those, and then ultimately, too, it's worth 
worth noting that if you do a search on Google for Salesforce B2C architect, there's actually a brand new credential as of a couple months ago, where I think in addition to those marketing cloud certs, you have to get one or two commerce cloud certs, and then you can take a B2C architect test and get a architect designation similar to some of the uh, architects, including the certified technical architect on the course side. So exciting stuff. Like I said, it would definitely highly recommend if anyone who's interested to learn a bit about both the core platform and the marketing cloud platform, because there's a lot of opportunity in those areas out there. Any insight to add there, Joel? Yeah, no, I, th I think that was good. It's funny you mentioned focus on force and, and about plugging them. I think we shouldn't give out any free ads on here. It's not a podcast without an ad read. So if you're listening, anyone from there, uh, feel free to reach out. <laughs> and uh, I, I did use them as well. They had some great uh, practice exams, which I, I found to be super helpful and kind of really helped you understand the types of questions you would see on the exam. So between that and Trailhead and, and then obviously the boot camp that I did, I, I was pretty well prepared for the exam. Yeah. Congrats, Ken. Yeah, thank you. So, all right, with that being said, I, I think it would be good for some of our listeners to kind of, maybe you're joining for the first time and this is your first episode or you listened to episode one so long ago that you can't remember. So we'll do a quick recap of the first three episodes that we did. So in, in one, we spoke with Nicole Wires about the coming together of the two Salesforce and PwC teams and, and how we conducted that global rollout. So we really talked about the importance of having a learning cadence or a rhythm in training, leading with empathy to establish trust with all the different territories across PwC that we worked with, and then kind of really harnessing an enthusiasm or uh, a North Star vision around the three areas of focus that we wanted to have everybody on and, and how that would be informing the transformation and, and then noting that transformation isn't just about software platforms, it's about new ways of working and the modern marketing behaviors. So that was just as important as making sure that everything went smoothly. And then in episode two, we talked with our friend Calvin from Australia about transforming from the PwC territory perspective. So he really reinforced the fact that it's a people and process transformation, not just platform. I've received a lot of feedbacks from some friends where they reached out and said, hey, I, I loved Calvin's line about it's not a migration, it's a transformation. And I think that really recaps the entire episode and, and the importance of having that top-down leadership and sponsor support and then getting the, the data and the data processes right as well is, is really important. And then episode three, we talked with Lauren Ingram from PwC's Global Technology Team about their role at the global tech role and managing the program from that global perspective and steady state. So it's tackling challenges of driving and cultivating innovation, but while keeping the lights on and making sure that everyone's happy and being able to do what they need to do with the platform. The importance on a program of having true partnership with the platform company, so Salesforce in this case, not just clients. And then that's really establishing a voice in the evolution of the platform. So we, we talked a little bit about how PwC has been able to influence and work with the product team to make the platform better for everyone and not just support it in, in through implementation and things like that. And yeah, I, I mean, Mike, I, I'm excited for episode four. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'll take our listeners through a little bit what to expect and then we'll kind of reinforce it in the outro, but it should be a really good episode. So Laura Sloan is from PwC's UK practice and they were a founding territory, as you may recall from our prior episodes, meaning before Joel and I got involved in trying to accelerate the rollout with the MVP, we talked about a lot in episode one and two with Nicole and Calvin. Before then, UK had already uh, adopted 
The global platform has had Canada, the United States, Switzerland, and Mexico along with the United States, and they did their implementations on their own. So it'll be good to get a different point of view from Laura. I think a couple of things that she'll highlight that are interesting. We mentioned that before the Marketing Cloud Global Org, all of the territories kind of had disparate marketing automation apps. Well, in the case of the UK, they were actually using their own you know, non-global marketing cloud instance dedicated to the UK. So it'll be interesting to hear her talk a little bit about going to a global instance and the benefits and the challenge of that. So it'll be interesting to get her perspective on how having sales cloud and marketing cloud integrated together and how that really essentially the synergy between the two, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, so to speak. And um, she'll talk a little bit too about some of those behavioral changes. Joel just mentioned how, you know, really the marketing team are looking to be more insights-led in how they go about, you know, basically planning their campaigns and their tactics and how the sales cloud and marketing cloud integration and the global organization has really allowed collaboration better across territories as well as within territories between the marketing and sales teams. So lots of good stuff. I'm pretty excited about it. She'll also chat briefly about B2B marketing, kind of the state of B2B marketing is in 2021 and how COVID has changed that. You know, obviously, as an example, We've talked a lot about how PwC and Salesforce is the same way, had to do a shift from in-person events like the Salesforce site. Obviously, we had to do Dreamforce virtually and how that shift has kind of caused B2B organizations like Salesforce and PwC to, you know, double and triple down on webinars and, you know, to spin up new type initiatives like this podcast, for example. So really looking forward to Laura's insight. And uh, I say we go ahead and get into it, Joel. You want to go ahead and cue her up and introduce her? Awesome. Thanks, Mike. So now I'm very excited to introduce Laura Sloan. She's the head of digital marketing at PwC UK. She's been at PwC for over 16 years and and she started out as a marketing executive back in the day. So she has a ton of B2B experience, which I'm excited to dive into and learn about. And she also built her whole team from scratch. So I think that's going to be really fun to talk to. Laura, welcome to Launch Hour. Hi, thanks, Joel. Great to be here. Good to be speaking to you today. Awesome. I'm, I'm really excited. We've worked together a little bit off and on when I was working on the global rollout. And, and I think we have to start off before we get into anything just to thank you and your team, because what the UK practice has given to us from assets and, and guidance and, and help and then guiding some of the, the larger conversation that I think has been instrumental to the success of us. So thank you very much. My pleasure. <laughs> Awesome. So I think to start out, I really want to reflect on the initial instance that you had with Marketing Cloud. So from the UK team perspective, I know that from the start you had gone with Marketing Cloud and and Mike talked about this before you came on. It was something you'd already chosen. You had seen the benefits of it. So can you walk us through a little bit about why you selected Marketing Cloud initially and and what the benefits were? Yeah, absolutely, Joel. So it was, gosh, two and a half years ago now that we kind of started out on this journey. And I guess what's important probably to recognize is when we were looking at things like marketing cloud, we weren't just looking at technology kind of for its own sake at that time. We were going through a kind of a wider marketing transformation. You know, we have a large function here in the UK. It's over 100 marketing people. And so we were just really keen through that process to make sure that we had all the right kind of underlying technology that we would need to help kind of enable that transformation. And really at its heart, it was about turning a function from 100 generalist marketers into a group of people who could really serve the business effectively, but also had some specific skills in areas like digital marketing, which is what I look after and things like content development, planning, et cetera. So, you know, for me, picking up that kind of mantle around digital marketing, I really started to look quite quickly at 
what technology and tools should we have in place and what did we need to support our ambitions, which were really around kind of creating a personalized and connected experience for our clients across channels. So we went through a lengthy process. You can imagine a company the size of PwC, we love an RFP and have quite um, a lot of rigor around that kind of thing to, to go through. And we looked at lots of different products, but ultimately, you know, where we landed was with Marketing Cloud. And that was for a number of really key reasons and it's different for every organization but for us it was about for me looking at a product that I thought the marketing function as a whole could get its head around and understand and, and put into its hands you know lots of the tools that are out there are quite complex they tend to be handled by specialists and we wanted to make sure that you know by introducing this technology it was something that marketers would start to use more day-to-day particularly things like understanding their analytics and, and getting insights into the performance of their campaigns you know so for me marketing cloud it, it was easy to use it had that kind of simple interface I thought it was something that people would be able to adopt more easily. And then the other really key reason for us was that we had just rolled out Sales Cloud in the UK as our CRM system. And that was also going to be rolled out globally. So we were one of the first onboarding territories to adopt Sales Cloud. So, you know, looking obviously at things like integrations, having two products that would integrate so well together was front of my mind. And also what, you know, the trajectory was in terms of future investment in the stack and and making sure that other things would be able to kind of slot into place over time. That was really important for me too. And I think finally, probably also the other appealing factor was the investment in things like AI and kind of I could see the trajectory of where that product was going with the investment over time. So I think it's really exciting what's happening with it. You know, I've seen it change a lot over the last couple of years and that investment was you know important to me too, to future proof. So lots of different reasons. <laughs> um, yeah, no, those are those are great reasons. <laughs> and, I, and I think we've, we've touched on a lot of them before. Yeah. So it's, it's good that you bring that up. This was all kind of going on before Marketing Cloud was chosen as like PwC's yes. global platform. So did you have any conversations with the Canadian team or the US or, or that Switzerland team that kind of rolled it out? I, I wouldn't say exactly the same time, but maybe just after you. Was, was there like any joint efforts or was it kind of you led and then they followed and you were able to help them? Um, you know, the place that we were in at that point was that some of the other territories were on different products. In fact, we had quite a fractured marketing automation landscape at that point. I think we had something like 12 separate instances of MA globally from six different vendors. So it was quite a complex world from a marketing and technology perspective that we were operating in. So, you know, when we went first with Marketing Cloud, you know, our commitment was to kind of share the experience that we were having, what we were learning with the other territories to sort of aid them in their decision making. And, you know, actually it started to bring us a lot closer as territories um, working day to day from a marketing perspective, you know, sharing our campaigns, being, you know, working together through things like planning. And it was just through that kind of natural collaboration process, really, that we started to talk about, you know, whether it would just make more sense to be on one platform and the benefits of that. We started to think about the benefits potentially of us all being on one instance. So, you know, having that transparency between us of who was targeting who with what over important things like consent, which is also important in a global firm like ours with global clients. So, yeah, kind of natural conversations are starting to happen. And then and then gradually, you know, that we came to that decision that ultimately making that shift and taking that leap of faith into to go into one platform was the way that we wanted to go. And we've just been sharing what we've learned kind of during that first year that we were on um, with all the other territories. And, you know, likewise, we're learning from them too now. So it's not like just because we're first, that's the only, you know, thing that goes or matters. We've been sharing and learning lots of different things from the likes of the US and Canada and Switzerland, some of those first onboarding firms, which are really helping what we're doing too here in the UK. So it's been great from that perspective. 
Wow. Awesome. I was going to say that was going to be my next question. Was the benefits <laughs> of different teams transforming together. And what was the benefit to you? So yeah. not to put you on the spot, but if there is one thing that you could pull out that you found was a benefit of sharing with, with other groups, is there is there one thing you can point to? Yeah, I think for me, it's probably the fact that prior to rolling out Marketing Cloud, we, we worked together, but we didn't have to work together in quite the same way. We're quite as close to this on a kind of week to week basis. We talk to each other all the time now, myself and my counterparts, because there's been a lot of complexity to work through. You know, you can imagine a rollout of this kind of size and scale we're talking about here. So I think for me, the benefits probably sort of sharing ways of working, sharing those learnings, understanding more about how others do things and how we can take that knowledge and improve what we're doing here in the UK. You know, we don't have to invent everything here for it to be, you know, something that we would apply. So we're happy to steal with pride from others. And we've been doing, we've been doing that throughout the process. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point. And I want to talk a little bit about your implementation, but I, I also kind of want to talk a little bit about you standing up your marketing team for the first time. Can you walk us through a little bit? And, and I'm sure you could talk for days about <laughs> the challenges and the fun that you had, but if there's like a, a one minute overview of, of what you can say, that would be awesome. Yeah. So, you know, it's been quite the journey. Um, it started just over two years ago and back then we didn't actually have a digital marketing team. So we really looked across the function to try and just pick out those individuals that we thought would have the ability to to kind of upskill and learn in this area that had a real passion for digital. So really invested in those people to kind of bring them up the curve, I guess, in terms of digital capability. But at the same time, going out into the market and recruiting externally, which you can imagine is sometimes quite competitive as well. You know, we're up against lots of B2C organisations, but we really wanted to get a mix of sector experiences coming into the firm because, you know, B2B, it's been in a bubble for a while now. And we're really keen to kind of up our game and make sure that the kinds of experiences that we're delivering are more akin to what people would expect from the B2C market. So through a combination of those two things, we've got a fantastic team now and we've just been, you know, out there doing our best every day, trying lots of different things, piloting stuff, failing, trying again. And it's been a you know a fantastic learning curve over the last two years. And kind of Marketing Cloud has been a core part of that journey for us, really, along with lots of other things that we've been doing. And the team have really kind of embraced it and helped to roll it out and embed it within our wider function too, which has been great. It's really neat the way that you're kind of talking about everything, because obviously Marketing Cloud's played a, a big part of the whole bringing people together and, and it's mm. become more than just this technology. Yeah. It's it's really like you're now talking to your counterparts in Canada, the US and, and all over the world. And, and so I think that's really cool. When we go to our clients and when we talk to other territories about joining the program, that's the big thing. And so I hope I hope they're listening because this is a really good example and it's like hearing it from someone who actually did it. So before we get into like the steady state stuff, because I think there's a lot to learn from you there, I just want to quickly touch on your thoughts on the implementation. So what were the types of people that you found for us to be, make sure that you kind of had that successful implementation and launch? What were the roles for success and, and, and stuff like that? Yeah, sure. So it was a team, I guess, across lots of different functions internally before I talk about externally. But, um, you know, it was led from marketing. So myself and a few others from the marketing function actually led the project. And I was really keen for that to be the case rather than it being an IT led project, just because I think having it led from the front from marketing would just really get that better buy in from the wider function and also with sales. You know, they know us, they would believe in us if we're saying that this is the right way to go and what we want to do and why. And then, you know, we had to form really strong relationships with IT. And that wasn't a function that I'd had to work with particularly closely before in the past, but we had a great 
person called Rob from the UK IT team who who worked with us kind of hand in hand on that project. And actually to the point where we converted him and he came into the sales and marketing function after that project finished because he, um, he enjoyed it a lot. We also worked internally with data protection and risk and security. You know, you can imagine here at PwC, we've got lots of things that we have to look at and make sure are right and in place before we can launch a, a product of this nature, particularly dealing with the kinds of data that it is. So kind of built a really kind of strong and still ongoing relationship with those teams across what we were doing. And then, you know, also change management was a big piece of it too, in terms of kind of the supporting roles around it. So working with our consulting practice here in the UK to support us through project management and change management and working through, you know, what that would do to people's roles and their day-to-day lives and how we would roll out the training and embed it in the function. And then, of course, kind of from a technical perspective, working with our solution architects and technical architects and business analysts, et cetera, that you would get on a technical project, part of the project, to actually put it in place. So, you know, a, a very challenging project. It was the first time I'd done something like that before. <laughs> and it was like a whole new world and whole new vocabulary as well that I was being exposed to. But myself, you know, and my team, we, we really enjoyed it. We got a lot out of that sort of learning experience as well, working with those different teams. And, um, you know, whilst whilst quite full on, fairly intense to do it across kind of a three to four month period, just glad that we managed to do it and get it over the line in time and on budget, actually, which was great. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> Congratulations. That's great. <laughs> I didn't do it. I wouldn't do it again immediately. It's quite hard work. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, you, there's so many things that you said there that I, I want to dive a little bit deeper into, but I think one of the big ones was the change management piece. Mm. Obviously it's new technology that everyone mm. on your team was using, but how did you find getting the buy-in for the different lines of service at PwC? So like tax consulting, the assurance team, obviously it's going to be changing the way that they work too. How did you find um, getting their buy-in was, uh, I'm sure it was a challenge. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we, we had, we were lucky, we had support and buy-in from the board. So our clients and markets partner here in the UK, a guy at the time called Kevin Burrows, he was really behind the program and the investment. So that's always helpful, I think, to have that really senior sort of stakeholder buy-in because then obviously that sort of paves the way for everything else that you're trying to do. And also our CIO, um, Stuart Fulton, was very much, you know, on point and on board and bought into what we were doing as well. And our consulting leader, then Marco. So super important to have, I guess, all the right stakeholders lined up to support that process and change that we were going through and then in terms of working with the lines of service you know we have some really fantastic marketing people that are aligned to each of those business areas so people that have you know teams supporting them and it's their role to really be that kind of conduit to the business and really understand that part of the business that they work with and their objectives and what they're trying to deliver from marketing you know, perspective so we worked kind of hand in hand with them and they were really part of that process to I guess sell in what we were doing and also make sure that any changes to ways of working down the line which you know can't be underestimated because when you switch on a piece of technology like this it changes the way that you plan it changes the way you develop content and some of the things that they might have used to have been doing would be different so they've really helped to to engage those areas and and make sure that you know they're they're kind of behind what we're doing and of course you know there's going to be challenges but at the end of the day there are also benefits to the business of uh, using the system and of it being integrated with sales cloud as well you know that transparency of what their contacts and leads are getting you know what that engagement's looking like um, the ability to see things that are coming through from a lead perspective and following that up with clients so there are lots of things that we could draw upon that would be helpful to engage them and to kind of you know I guess make clear the benefits and what we were trying to deliver really so yeah that's kind of how we approached it wow 
that's that's awesome. <laughs> There's obviously a ton of lessons learned that you've had along the way, and it's it's nice to hear you share about it. And, and I think really that was one of the things that when we went to market with all of the different territories that we worked with was really that, hey, this is insights led and, mm. and you can see so much more now because mm. of that integration. And, and it was it was definitely a, a big thing for them. And do you know what? Sometimes that that transparency with the business can pose difficult questions too. Like, why is my client getting this thing, and I don't want them to go to that event? And you know that kind of the natural questions that can arise from, I guess, having that greater visibility. But those are conversations that are really healthy and important to have, and it helps inform what we do, and you know, and change and evolve what we do from a marketing perspective as well. Yeah, actually, that's a really good point. The fact that like they, because I didn't even think about that. It's like, you'll get the questions from someone. It's yeah. like, well, why, why are we seeing, but then, but then it's like, well, you know, the client better than we do. So yeah. is there something better that you can share with them? And, and that conversation starts and it, you're right. It, it really creates a, a better end product for the, the customer for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So is there any one key learning from the implementation or in relation to upscaling and transformation that you wanted to make sure you got out to any new PwC territories or any other companies that that are transforming in this way? I think for me, it would be thinking, well, it's probably a couple of things, although I know you said one, I'll try and and do one. (laughs) It's probably that change piece. We were very ambitious, I think, with how we wanted our hundred marketers to use the platform, what we thought they might be able to do on day one versus, you know, one year on. I think we were probably a little ambitious. And what I think would be something I would do differently if I did it again is thinking about, okay, how is each type of, you know, individual, different teams, different grades, different roles, how are they going to use it day to day? We've done things like personas and thinking about, you know, what learning journeys each persona would need to go on, all that kind of good stuff. But actually, practically, day to day, unless you're using this technology as part of your role, day in, day out, you can train someone on something, but they will forget it fairly quickly. And then it will have to be continually reinforced. So I think building it into people's roles in a way that makes sense to what they do is really important. And that was a learning for us. I think also kind of making sure that you have the right technical backup particularly during that first year in place, because, you know, the reality is as intuitive as some of this technology is, you know, there's still going to be stuff that you will stumble over and not know how to do that's more complex or, you know, you've to work through an issue. And kind of having that technical backup was also, you know, really important for us. And I think it would have been harder to get to where we are without having that in place. So whether that's backup from IT or, you know, some other group that can help to upskill and reinforce what you're doing, that would be an important one for me. Yeah, no, thank you. That's I think we've noticed that too. And we heard that from Canada as well. They were a big part in helping us with mm. developing the the global solution as well as yourselves. Mm. Um, and, and that was a big thing was hey, don't try and do everything right away because you're, yeah. you're, you're going to feel really overwhelmed. Yeah, so yeah. thank you. It's that, definitely that the good... temptation. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's exciting. Like the platform can do so much and yeah. but you really have to take those baby steps. So yeah. that's good. So I want to swing over and, and talk a little bit more about steady state because mm. I know there's a lot that you've been able to do with the platform and and from what I've seen talking with you and and some of the people on your team you continue to be a trendsetter and and at the forefront of innovation at PwC from a marketing perspective. So are there any very specific successes that you wanted to highlight? Very specific campaigns or or mm. anything that you could explain how your team thought through it or what the platform was able to help you out with or what insights you've been able to gather and how it's benefited PwC UK? Sure. Gosh, there's loads of things. Um, (laughs) Picking on a few, you know, if I think back to the early days when we were first kind of on the platform and we were looking at things like lead generation campaigns, you know, there was a campaign that we were running for our deals practice called Value Creation and Deals. And it was a lead gen campaign, lots of paid media, different channels. 
and even though we were fairly, you know, we're fairly new on the platform and still figuring out a bit of what we were doing, we started to use cloud pages um, in Marketing Cloud to kind of capture those leads from advertising, bring them in kind of to Marketing Cloud into the platform and then back into Sales Cloud. And that was just like a bit of a revelation, if I'm honest, at that time in terms of the user experience and the seamlessness of getting from A to B, but also, you know, the way that we were able to capture those leads and then track them, that was really powerful. If anything, we then had to kind of slightly quell the then demand from the hundred people in our marketing function for things like cloud pages for everything we were doing because we weren't able to do it at scale yet. We've had to put things in place to help us manage that. But yeah, that was really exciting working on that campaign and trying that out for the first time. Um, and then, you know, more recently, even we're still sort of learning and doing things kind of new every every day, really. You know, when COVID hit last year, we were running a campaign there for our strategy and practice called Where Next. And it was a series of quite a large series of about 24 reports focused on different impacts on subsectors coming out of COVID. You know, and for that, we tried personalization using industry um, targeting for the first time. And we've done personalization, but so basic. We're talking things like first name, you know, and I think back to a couple of years ago. But with that, we were able to trial personalization in our newsletters based on industry for that campaign. And it just went through the roof in terms of engagement. You know, we had something like an 82% uplift for engagement on our industry-specific variants versus our generics because we ran both to test them against each other. And so that was, you know, massive for us. And of course, continuing to do that and looking at how we can kind of scale up our use of personalization in marketing cloud and and also in other channels like the web, ideally. So that was really exciting uh, and one that, you know, we look to now and also thinking now about things like, okay, lead scoring. So you know, we're now generating leads, we're capturing them in marketing cloud, we're able to personalize, you know, increase our engagement, but actually how can we start to work really closely with the business and sales to make sure that what we're doing can be tracked through. So looking at things like developing a lead scoring model and platform based on data in marketing cloud and sales cloud. And that's really exciting. We're piloting that this month, actually, for one of our um, business areas. So just load, yeah, there's loads going on all the time, to be honest, that we're constantly kind of thinking about and, and trialing. And then actually there's some stuff that it's not, whilst it's not super exciting to talk about, it's really important. It's stuff like efficiency. So we were spending lots of time doing things like single send emails for events rather than journeys before we had marketing cloud. And some of the things that we've been able to do with just, you know, using journeys more effectively in automations and automation studio, you know, that's improved our efficiency and our effectiveness. So if I look at things like events now, it's just a completely different way of doing things. So yeah, every day learning something new. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's that's that's excellent. And I'll touch on a couple of quick things that you you mentioned there. One, the events is is big. That's one of yeah, the things. Yeah, we do a we, lot of we, events here. At <laughs> yeah, at see we have tons whether I mean now it's mostly webinars, but that was a, a big one and that was one of the key things that are one of the journeys that we gave to all of the new territories was the events one, having the the event confirmation and the invitation journey because so huge. It's it's nice, eh, just to be able to hit send and, and it yeah. does it all for you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Although it just takes more you know, it's a change in mindset, I think, for the function around how it plans. So making sure you're doing more of your upfront thinking, thinking more about the steps that you want to take along the way, about content development at the right points. You know, it's just a slightly different way of doing things as well, but absolutely worth it. And actually with things like journeys as well, we've been able to take the pain out of some other not particularly exciting areas, but super important things like our, we've got a GDPR consent journey that we run to get consent from people added to Salesforce. So that's something that, you know, just takes that pain away. Mm-hmm. That's something we used to do manually. It's trackable, it's auditable, you know, and that's the kind of thing that we need when we're talking about things like GDPR. So again, it's stuff like that. It's, it's the little things sometimes that people won't necessarily know are going on behind the scenes, but that are really important too, that it's helping us with. 
Yeah. And the other thing you mentioned was the dynamic content. So I'm mm-hmm. just going to quickly for folks that are listening that don't understand what that is or haven't used Marketing Cloud. So in Sales Cloud, we are able to track people based on which industry they're in. So when Laura speaks to the fact that they're able to customize emails, they're adding everyone to one journey. And then from my understanding of the platform is you serve up an email to them based on what that industry that they're in. And so everyone's in the same journey on marketing cloud but the email looks different to them is that correct yeah that's right it takes into account what they've expressed interest for um in the past so in this case it was based on what we knew about them from the campaign we'd run where they downloaded industry specific you know reports so we kind of can we can continue to engage with them in the right way around stuff that they're interested in so yeah it's super helpful that's like really right along the lines of some of the trends that we're seeing in b2b marketing where Mm. it's no longer a business it's it's kind of person to person or business to to person. Definitely. That's what we're certainly trying to aspire to anyway. Yeah. I was going to save it for later, but we're kind of on the topic now. Mm. I'd love to hear your thoughts on kind of the state of B2B marketing and how it's involved, what's worked in your mind and what obviously hasn't, because I mean, COVID has kind of changed everything. and, And where do you kind of see B2B marketing going? Yeah, it's, gosh, it's changed so much over the last few years. You know, I've been in the sector for a long time now, my sins. So I think COVID massively changed, particularly the events landscape for us. We did lots of physical events and experiences and hospitality, and a lot of that's obviously moved online. And that's meant we've had to move and change a lot of things in terms of how we support those events from a marketing perspective and also using things like marketing cloud to run those processes. And I think that's going to stay. I think that's a trend that will continue even when people go back into the office. I think people will want to have more hybrid options available to them for things like events. And also, I guess the other big shift has been, and we'd already made this shift, to be honest, anyway, largely into purely digital advertising channels. And that's something where in the past B2B would have been, you know, heavily in things like print in the FT and other kind of leading press here in the UK. And, and whilst there's still a place for that, it's much more for us around, you know, trackable digital advertising channels where we can really drive either awareness metrics, if that's what we're going for, or sometimes straight, you know, lead gen campaign activity, like I talked about before, we can do that. And things like marketing cloud support, again, the processes for those. And I think, Now, for a long time in B2B, if we're honest, we've got away slightly with it in terms of not having that same expectation level as B2C to have really seamless customer journeys across different channels. You kind of, you know, would go, oh, well, it's it's so-and-so, you know, it doesn't really matter if perhaps I've gone onto the website and it hasn't recognized who I am or what I'm interested in or what I did last time I was here and I've got an email that's generic and I can tell it's generic. We kind of got away with that for a while, but I don't think that's the case anymore. So at least, you know, the trends that as I see it, around things like personalization, around delivering better, you know, connected experiences across channels. They're they're absolutely what we're aspiring to here in the UK and you know across the network as well, firms here at PwC. And I think that's the way that it's going to go. But it's it's certainly going to be an interesting kind of year or two, to be honest, because a lot of what we do, you know, we're looking at things like cookies, for example, and the changes that are coming down the line and how that's going to affect those programs of activity, how it's going to affect the technologies that we use. So, you know, just as we're getting there, the the goalposts are changing again, and we're going to have to figure out the impact of that on, on what we do and how we do it. But it's certainly an interesting time to be in marketing. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point about the the cookies thing changing. And, and I attended actually, a, I think you're probably on the same one where yeah. um, the Salesforce team talked us through Cookless that. Cookless world. 
yeah, it was super interesting. And you're right. The the expectation and, and even I see it within myself is you have such a customized yeah. journey or understanding of you with some of those B2C companies that when I get emails marketed to me at my PwC email address and, and it's like, you know that I am not interested in this. Why are you yeah. sending it to me? So I think that's that's huge that you've been able to identify that and start to move in that direction for sure. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, we uh, what's I guess the challenge is that a lot of that relies on things like data and having your data in ideally one place and integrated with some of your core systems. And we're still on that journey because there's lots of things to overcome. Things like data silos, we're still not at a point where all of our data is in the right place integrated with kind of our core systems, which is what we're needing to deliver against sort of our ambition to personalize and connect the experience. It kind of gets in the way, but that's what we need to do. We need to be able to kind of take the insights from those different data sources. And that could even be sources outside of marketing. So things like client feedback, sales, other sales systems that we have, and and, and really using that to then help personalize that experience by looking at a combination of preferences and also behaviors so that's what we want to get to but obviously it's um a journey excuse the pun it's going to take us to get there <laughs> that's good so you've touched on a lot of some of the challenges that you face are there any other challenges that you wanted to talk about or, or bring to light i obviously have a few ideas i think sharing across territories or being a consistent across the pwc brand across the world is is a big one are there any others mm-hmm. or, or you want to elaborate on those yeah definitely so Scale is absolutely a challenge for a firm the size of PwC. You know, we're talking about 193 different network firms or hundreds and hundreds of marketers. So for us, I think the challenge has been around rolling it out and getting that consistency in ways of working and particularly the ability to scale up and down depending on the territory that might be onboarding. So, you know, the needs of the UK are vastly different to the needs of, say, I don't know, PwC Belgium who might have one or two marketing people. So, that's probably been one of the biggest challenges. And then I think for us in the UK specifically, another challenge as I see it is kind of that battle for skills. So we've done a lot to upskill, particularly in my team, people in, in the more deep technical side aspects of marketing cloud. But we also wanted to hire in deep specialists to really kind of, I guess, increase the pace at which we're able to get value out of the platform. But it's a fiercely competitive marketplace out there for people with marketing cloud, technical knowledge, uh, you know, really practical coding knowledge, et cetera. So that's been a challenge for us. We have been lucky and got some fantastic people in from the external marketplace into the digital team, but it's not to be underestimated. It's certainly an area to be in, to be marketable these days, as I can see it. You know, it commands a premium as well in terms of, you know, salary, et cetera, to get people that have those right skills right now. That's a that's a big one. I think we even see that in our consulting practices, trying to find mm. people who have those skills and yeah, you can fetch a, a high premium on the market. And, mm. and I think really the the best way to do it is you speak about, I think you mentioned his name was Rob, who was in the IT team and then moved yeah. over. Like I've seen that with a few territories as well, where you have someone who is traditionally on the tech side and then they start to learn marketing. And it's huge when you have that ability to understand the marketing process as well as the technology. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's it's been a really challenging aspect of the program but also really exciting you know so the people that we have been able to bring in from the external market so we've got someone called Andrew someone called Dari we've got a new person joining us in just a month actually they've really kind of I guess increased the pace at which we're able to innovate in the platform they've really kind of helped to upskill the wider team as well so it's definitely worth still pursuing despite you know the competitiveness of the market at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So is there any other marketing related topics that you wanted to talk about? I'll open the floor. If there's nothing, don't worry, we, we don't need to. But anything that you have burning in your mind that you, you want to <laughs> get out there and, and let the world hear? 
<laughs> no, I think just, you know, starting, I think your point that you made earlier actually around not biting off too much at the start and, and starting off small and then scaling is a really important one. So I think the temptation is when you get into a platform like this, which is very powerful, is to kind of, you know, shoot for the stars and go big, but actually starting off with those simple kind of repeatable things that you can do, like, you know, you mentioned the events journeys, starting off some of the less complex stuff, but the things that will make the biggest difference day to day or save lots of time is, is a really good place to start. And then actually all the kind of stuff that might be classically seen as more exciting you know when I talked about some of the other things that we'd be doing that stuff can kind of come come slightly later you know and for us now in the UK we're just kind of excited about the future and thinking about what's next for us you know how can we take what we've learned within email and marketing cloud and apply those kinds of principles to different channels like web how can we start you know getting more advanced with things like the way that we segment our audiences using data from different places now that we've got more experience doing that with marketing cloud data and sales cloud data what else could we do differently you know thinking more about that end-to-end process for sales, different integrations, kind of the world is your oyster, but actually starting off small and taking one step at a time, that's, you know, that's the main thing and, and learning as you go. Yeah, definitely. And and that was one of the things that I found because our timing overlapped where you still had that team from Salesforce. And I know Richard Smith was the PM on that. He was working on our side as well. And shout out to Richard because he did a, a fantastic job of balancing yeah, and both. Sean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Sean Trainer. Yeah, he was excellent. He came down to Toronto one time to kind of help us out and, and show what he had done with, with your team so that we could implement it with Global. So Yeah, no, they were fantastic. We mm-hmm. just, yeah, we so enjoyed working with them. We were kind of all one team for quite a long time which is important I think if you can it's great if you can form that sort of relationship with you know uh, ultimately a technology provider it just makes life so much more easier and more enjoyable when you're working on stuff like this that's definitely been a key to our success with Salesforce is having that mm. kind of joint team. And, and we were laughing in the intro. Mike was talking about we as in like we. Are, the royal we, all of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was it was kind of funny and it, it was very fitting. And and one thing, Laura, I, I want to bring up before we kind of end off, and, and it's a bit of unfortunate news, but I think it's it's really important to talk about is one of your team members, Jack Ryan, was killed out while jogging in London. And on behalf of Mike and myself, I, I want to say that we're really sorry. And this is kind of a big loss in the PW family. So Mm -hmm. if you wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that and share a few words, I think from my understanding, there's a petition and some charities. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity to do this. So Jack was a senior manager in my digital marketing team. Unfortunately, as you say, he got knocked down whilst jogging in London on what turns out to be a very dangerous bridge in Battersea in mid-January. So we were and are very devastated about what's happened because he was absolutely critical to building up our digital team from scratch, working with myself and a teammate of mine, Chantel. So we've been, you know, just kind of trying to pull together over the last couple of months and the team have been fantastic in rallying to do that. But, you know, I think back to some of the campaigns that I talked about earlier, like value creation deals, it was actually Jack who was running, you know, with those campaigns, rolling out and piloting a lot of the new approaches that we've been talking about today using Marketing Cloud on the projects that he was working on. So he really kind of was a trailblazer in the true Salesforce sense of the word with what we've been doing over the last couple of years. And so we're just trying to get behind a petition that is out in his name to to make the spot that he was killed in just safer because it's kind of well known for being a, a dangerous hotspot, it turns out. And also getting behind a couple of charities, which I think you're kindly going to share in some of the content that will be going out around this podcast, which we're getting behind just to support things like the London Ambulance Service and his favourite football team foundation. So those are just some of the things that we're trying to, to do at the moment during what's a difficult time. Um, but everyone's being very supportive. So thank you. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it's nice to kind of hear about the impact he was able to have on, on the people. Yeah, he was amazing. And yeah, it's mm-hmm. that's what I've gathered from the, the little <laughs> I, I knew of him and, and kind of reading all of the things about it. So thank you for sharing. I really Thanks, appreciate Joe. that. And we'll, we're 100% going to be including links and things on on the splash page and, and with the marketing that goes out. So that'd be brilliant. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. So I think that was an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us about marketing. And I think a lot of people are going to find this one really interesting and it's going to appeal to a lot of folks who are interested about B2B marketing. So Laura, thank you so much. Thank you. My pleasure. All right. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, everybody. Okay. So as you guys may have noticed, I was unable to be part of that interview, had to excuse myself for the day job. I know in the planning, we wanted to highlight a couple key themes, one of which was the benefits when you're doing this sort of global rollout of not just standing up a platform in the economies of scale associated with standing up a unified platform, but also of building a global community and really encouraging territories to share information on tactics, even share content. And then we also really wanted to emphasize the benefits of having sales cloud and marketing cloud together, how the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, and essentially having a CRM system, in this case sales cloud, integrated with marketing cloud, really allows you to enforce that behavior of being insights-led that PwC is driving for. So Joel, how did the interview go beyond uh, those themes? Were there any other key takeaways you wanted to kind of drive home with the audience? Yeah, thanks, Mike. Yeah, I missed you out there. It was was a little weird. We usually hang out in the background and and kind of pitch each other ideas or talk so it was just me thinking on my feet and, and yeah it'll, it'll probably be a little bit different of an interview because I was able to have a bit of a conversation with her and we probably strayed a little bit from some of the stuff that we initially wanted to talk about but uh, it was it was a lot of fun I'm sure the listeners already realized but she seems like an awesome leader uh, she's extremely passionate about her team and you can tell she really is supportive of all of the amazing things that they've been able to do one thing I think want to touch on again is and I think I've I said it in the wrap up was really around this idea of someone who has those strong technical skills, but also has a great understanding of the business. And in this case, marketing, because we've seen this across a lot of the different country teams that we've worked with across the network for firms. And we've seen people go from IT who get really excited and, and like the platform and really move into a role where they're supporting, they're the go-to person for marketing cloud within their territory team. So I think that's great to highlight. That was really the, one of the big key takeaways. I mean, there was there was tons of great information in there. And, and hopefully everyone found this perspective of someone who leads the digital marketing practice at one of our largest firms in the world to be super insightful and, and a bit different than the, the initial conversations that we've had with the other guests. So, I mean, with that, I think I think we should probably touch on the fact that we spoke about some pretty unfortunate news that happened in the UK team, and we will be providing links to the the petition if that's something you'd like to get involved with, and then the charities that the family has asked people to donate to if you want to show your support and, and kind of show that you're thinking of them. So those will be in the, the podcast links. We'll put them on the splash page as well. And then as always, if you want to reach out to us, our email is gbl underscore launch underscore hour at pwc.com. And Mike, you're the guy on social media. Where can they find us? 
Yeah, they can find us at hashtag PwC Launch Hour. And it's also worth emphasizing that our next episode, episode five, is the last scheduled episode, at least for now. And we're going to be uh, talking with Christine Robertson. And in addition to diving into some topics we want to discuss with Christine that are going to be unique content, we're going to kind of review some of the key themes we've touched on in episodes one through four. So that'll be a can't miss listening. So definitely engage with us knowing that the last episode is coming up. And if you want to hear us cover anything else, let us know. Anything else you have joe before we cut to the fade out no i i think that was great i'm really excited to chat with christine christine's someone that we've both worked closely for over a year now i can't i don't even know how long it's been but uh yeah it's gonna be awesome i'm excited for christine to be able to chat and bring all of the wealth of knowledge that she has from leading our canadian marketing practice she was involved with rollout of salesforce marketing cloud actually she was involved with the salesforce rollout too, the crm rollout across the world so she's she's done it all i think it's it's going to be really exciting to get her perspective and uh looking forward to it all right i think with that we can go ahead and call it an episode so we'll look forward to talking next time take care guys yeah thanks everyone take Bye. care